You're dialed in to the Turn In Two podcast with your hosts, Matt Mills and Tito. Welcome back, Cardinal fans, to another edition of the Turning Two podcast. I am your co-host, Tito Rivera. I am so excited, and not only just because we've won 16 in a row, but I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Emily Butcher. She is the character and Smallman producer for 101 ESPN in the mornings in the St. Louis area. Emily how are you and how are you feeling after 16 wins in a row? I'm doing great. And Tito, I'm, I really don't know if I have words. I am excited, but I, I don't know what else to say, man. I, this team is just rocking right now. I don't, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I, I don't either. I mean, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, after five games, um, you're thinking, oh, you know what? It's going to end. Um, then you get to 10 games and you're like, okay, something's brewing. And then all of a sudden it's 16 and you're just think I I'm thinking to myself, there's just no way. Like I, I, you know, I had the conversation with my wife all the time, you know, winning three games is hard enough in the MLB, but 16. Yeah. It's uh, I kind of feel almost a little bit like drunk on power right now. Like (laughs) you're like half of you is like, they're never going to lose another game. And then the other half is like, can they really keep this going? This is insane. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is insane. And um, we'll get to the larger implications of a 16, you know, game win streak and, and some of the cool things that I found um, on the internet um, and Twitter, of course, because that's where we go to all our source for news is Twitter. Uh, but, but Emily, let's go ahead and let's jump into how we got to this point. Um, let's brush aside, you know, the other series that we've covered on our shows. Uh, but let's specifically talk about uh, a four game sweep of the Chicago Cubs to end an 11 game road trip. Uh, or at least their last 11 games on the road, um, which without having a uh, loss. So game one, we have uh, an 8-5 win in uh, seven innings um, because, of course, this was a doubleheader. And I've got to say, when the Cardinals jumped out to, again, another early lead, uh, it felt like the inevitable was coming. They were just going to win. Yeah, I mean – I, like I said, I don't really have words. Uh, let me, um, hold on one second. Let me pull up the score real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when they jump out to that eight, nothing lead, it got a little bit dicey in the bottom of the sixth. Um, I did get a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie, but, uh, and I think everybody would get, would have, you know, was getting nervous about, um, you know, you have an eight run lead and then all of a sudden they score five in one half of an inning. And then, then I kind of realized, Oh wait, we only have one, you know, three more outs to go really. Um, so I, I think that my nerves settled, but it's weird because Alex Ray is up to this point was doing really well and then had kind of like a small regression this last game, but I'm not sitting here thinking, you know what, it's the end of the world for him. I'm actually okay with him just having a a one-off game and then saying, you know what, let's get my mentality back, uh, back together. But there were a couple of things that, that really stood out in this game for me. Um, And I just want your opinion on, on this one for game one, right? Goldschmidt homers again, that put him at 30. 
And then O'Neill homered later in that same game. And that also put him at 30, giving the Cardinals uh, three players with 30 or more home runs mm-hmm. um, since the first time uh, since we had MV3 here in St. Louis. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on, on what those three, Goldschmidt, Arnado, and, and O'Neill, have meant in this run. Yeah, what they're doing is insane. Um, we had a question. We do this segment, take it or leave it, on our right. show. And about, what was it? I think at the beginning of the week it might have even been. Somebody asked, take it or leave it, Goldie, Arnado, O'Neill, get to 100 home runs. At that point, I don't even know what they were at, but Randy and Michelle both said, leave it. And they, they came back and said, take it or leave it. I'm going to ask you this again. They're at 84. Do you think that they can get to um, – a hundred. And they're like, wow, I'm sorry. We're taking it. And I completely agree. I mean, this is insane. None of us, even a week ago, we're like, this is possible. This is nuts. This is nuts what the team's doing. It's nuts what these three are doing. Uh, Yeah. This is the second coming of the MV3 for sure. I mean, none of us thought that any of this was possible. None of us thought that this run, this team, I mean, a month ago, I'm sitting on the couch thinking what can I watch besides this team honestly and I'm a diehard Cardinals fan the Bachelor in Paradise looked really good on Mondays huh (laughs) right yeah anything anything I was doing a Marvel movie marathon because I wanted to watch anything besides this and now I'm late to dinners with my family I'm making I'm breaking plans to watch the team so this is nuts yeah and, and it's and it's weird because you know the the similarities between you know the three that we have now and then obviously Edmonds Roland and Pujols, um, it's it's eerily similar how good those three are and then what we have right now. Right, obviously there's nobody like Pujols, but Goldschmidt's giving him a run for his money. I gotta say that, um, yeah. you know. And then obviously Tyler O'Neill's not the sweet swing and left-handed uh, Jim Edmonds. Uh, but he plays a pretty dang good outfield like him. Um, and, sure. you know, the bat's not that bad. And then obviously Roland versus Arenado, both defensive stalwarts, both can hit the ball. I, I mean, it just feels as if the Cardinals have found a core of players that are ready to take on the mantle of leadership um, beyond Adam Wainwright and uh, I would say uh, Yadier Molina. Yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> Tito, I don't have words. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's hard. It's hard to compare. It's hard to say like, it, you know, it's weird when you think about how you go uh, when you transition, like I said earlier, like it's hard to win three games, but then to stretch it out to 16, to see at the level that the team is playing at and then versus, you know, like the microcosm of this uh, run versus what we saw um, for at least two and a half months, you know, it just yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense in no. terms of what happened to this team. And I, but I've got to say the, since Paul Goldschmidt turned his season around, I think that was a very big focal point for the offense. And then as I noted last week, or, you know, in tw- on Twitter, um, a couple days ago, or I think it might've been yesterday that, um, Mike Schilt, you know, moving uh, Tyler O'Neill in between the two uh, of Goldschmidt and Arnado was the smartest thing that he could have done. Um, I mean, think of the protection that you have throughout the lineup. Edmund has Goldie now because if Edmund gets on base, now you have to deal with Goldie. But if you decide not to deal with Goldie, now you got to face Tyler O'Neill. 
And then right. all of a sudden, Tyler O'Neill becomes Nolan Arenado, who, yes, average-wise isn't the greatest, but is still a huge power threat. And then, of course, you have Yadier Molina, who can never do anything wrong in my eyes. I know some people <laughs> it's not the same, but he's still Captain Clutch. He always comes through. Look what happened in game two. When they needed him the most, he hits a double into center field. Now that the center fielder misplayed a bit, yeah, yeah, sure. But he still got it done and still got two runs across. So up and down, one through five, one through six, even with Carlson, you're doing great. And then all of a sudden, it's all about seven, eight, and nine. And if that's your biggest problem when you're facing another team, I'll take that every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, those three have just been so clutch to Goldie, O'Neal, Arenado, and um, Tyler. I mean, he, he surprises me the most out of the three, to be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, last year when, when he got gold glove, mm-hmm. I'm not enough knocking against him, no knocks on him, but right. he, that kind of surprised me a little bit. I think it did for everybody. And this year, I mean, he's playing like an MVP. Yeah. I mean, the well, I, I, I've got to say if Goldie doesn't get votes for the MVP at this point, something's up. Absolutely. I think Tyler O'Neill is, is playing at an MVP level, um, but something stinks to high heaven. If Paul Goldschmidt does not, is not within the top three of MVPs. I just sure. can't imagine where the team would be without him. And I can say that for both Arnado and Tyler O'Neill, but for some reason, specifically Paul Goldschmidt right now, it's, it's really about, what he has been able to do. And then, you know, one thing to, to cap off with, uh, with game one, um, J.A. Happ, right. Or J. Happ, excuse me. <laughs> Didn't have, uh, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's almost habit at this point when you say his name, I just want to say J.A. Happ, but I know I've had to teach myself. <laughs> yeah. J. Happ. Um, one thing about him you know, when you, when we were, when I was watching the game, yes, he struggled. Um, but that's okay. Sometimes your pitchers are going to struggle and yes, he struggled mightily four walks in, in his game, but he was able to keep the Cardinals in the game. No runs allowed. He still pitched and he, you know, he anchored it to where it needed to be, you know, and I think a lot of people forgot that it was just a seven inning game. And by the time the fourth inning came around, you're just thinking to yourself, well, that's no different than him if he were to go seven innings and or six innings and you have to pitch the seventh, eighth and ninth. So I, I was not I'm not disappointed. I'm hoping that he gets better with his next start. But you got you know what? At the end of the day, devil magic is what it is. And, you know, it's say it, whether it saved the Cardinals or not, they were able to get it done. So let's transition to game two of the doubleheader um, and this would have eventually put them in a tie with the car or with the uh, the previous record of the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, so they were, th- th- what I mean is to match that uh, win total. And I, I got to say, this is when, you know, uh, devil magic really uh, rears its head and, and just kind of looks at you funny. I mean, yeah, Molina doubling, Bader scoring, O'Neal homers again, then uh, Lars Newtbar homering twice, the young homering. I mean, everything just, it just felt like everything was coming together and, and they end up winning 12 to four. 
Um, but I want to talk about uh, one thing that we talked about last episode um, was whether devil, the Cardinals devil magic is real. Uh, and I got to ask you, Emily, are you a believer after what you saw uh, Newt Bar do uh, with Paul DeYoung coming in, stepping in for an injured Edmundo Sosa? Oh, absolutely. I'm absolutely a believer in devil magic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, we yeah, wouldn't be uh, here at this point without the yeah. devil magic. It's, it's weird because like when you see the media all just kind of comment on, you know, are you kidding me? Of course, it's the Cardinals. It's just like, look, <laughs> we're, if your team doesn't have it, don't blame us. Like, what are we supposed to do about right. it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing that I, that I talked about uh, on Twitter that I, I kind of wanted your opinion on this too, it, it's sure. Paul DeYoung. Um, Edmundo Sosa gets hurt in, I guess we could have talked about it in game one, but he get, gets hurt in game one of the doubleheader and in steps in Paul DeYoung. And one of the tweets that I put it out, I put out um, that same day was, we need to stop this negativity with Paul DeYoung immediately. I know that he hasn't had the greatest year. He knows he hasn't had the greatest year. For God's sakes, the guy is being replaced by Mundo Sosa, no knock on Sosa, but Sosa wasn't even sniffing starting playing time at the beginning of the spring. So I, I am of the mindset that it's time to move on from knocking players for having a horrendous year. You know, same thing with Matt Carpenter. He's not had a great year and it's been bad. And there are times I've been at games and he takes three pitches and I'm like, what are you doing, man? Come on, at least swing the bat. But I just want your take on, uh, is it time for the Cardinal or, you know, for Cardinal nation as, as, a, as a fan base, just to say, you know what, we know you're having a bad year, but we got to get behind you because we still have ball games to win. He's still wearing a Cardinal uniform guys. Like he's still on our team. It's not like he's wearing a Cubs uniform. True. I, I don't, I don't get the hate. I mean, it's not like he's consistently going out there and saying, Hey, I hate, I hate this team. I'm, you know, I, I don't get it. I don't get the hate for him. I don't get the hate for Matt Carpenter. I like both those guys. I mean, it's, it stinks when you see a guy go out there and not perform to the level that you think he should be performing at, but it's not like you go to work every day and do your best. You try your best, you know, it's, you're not going to perform to your your own expectations when you go do your job every single day there's days that you're off too so it's um you know it's it's a shame it stinks but you know he's seeming to turn it around and it's at the right time it's at the right time that he's clicking and so and and that's and, and what just amazes me is like again um because I'm a believer in devil magic, I made my own plea on Twitter <laughs> to, to the devil magic, as in, you know, if Mundo Sosa is going to be hurt, at least tap into Paul DeYoung over right. the weekend. And look what happened. He, you know, he hits a couple home runs over the weekend, plays very solid defense, was part of that crazy double play on Saturday. I mean, look, am I expecting him to bat 500 the rest of the way and possibly into the playoffs if Edmundo Sosa can't play? No, but I'm expecting him to be a serviceable shortstop just like he was when he started with the Cardinals. You know, these things don't, you know, this is what I don't understand about some when fan base, the fan base gets upset about something like Paul DeYoung, right? 
the same kind of energy that they had for Paul, they have for Paul DeYoung was the same energy that they had for Harrison Bader, the same energy they had for Tyler O'Neill when they both were not doing well. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden now over the weekend, it's let's praise, but I don't hear anything about Paul DeYoung. And that's what frustrates me because if you, if you look at the body of work, yes, it's not a great season, but at the end of the day, he has done his job in, in being a shortstop for the Cardinals and done what he needed to do uh, to hit. You know, there's, you know, those games where he hit those home runs, you should be praising him for that because that's what you're supposed to do with those pitches. Easy counts to hit it, and he goes out and does what he needs to do. Yeah, and I just – I wish it had his uh, numbers for today. I pulled up his numbers on baseball reference, but for – Games one and two and yesterday on uh, against this against the Cubs in the three games in eight at bats, he was batting 375 with a 333 OBP and a 1.125 slug. So again, that's not his numbers with today, but uh, right. not too but, bad. But you'll take them, right? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, again, you 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 find ways to to put good at bats together and and put the ball in play and good things happen. Okay. So we win 12 to four. We matched, uh, you know, we, at that point, you know, we have matched our uh, franchise record in, you know, win streaks and consecutive wins. So we transition into Saturday's game. And I don't know if it's, if, if this was the signature game where you were like, okay, I, you know, I just say I'm a believer because I can believe, um, but this might've been the moment where I was like, nah, it's a real thing. <laughs> like, like this is a true, true thing. Cardinals devil magic is real, right? We go mm-hmm. down, we go up one zero typical fashion of this win streak. The Cardinals get, get an early lead. Then we go down to one. Then we go down four to two blanks in five and six. And then all of a sudden the seventh rolls around and, um, we get a couple base hits from uh, uh, from Arnado, from Molina, and then all of a sudden a resurgent Harrison Bader gets a base hit, scores Arnado. Then, of course, because it's Devil's Magic, uh, Cardinals Devil Magic, Lars Newtbar comes in, gets a single. Molina scores. Bader gets to third. Then productive out moment. Paul DeYoung goes and gets a sack fly, scores Bader, and all of a sudden the Cardinals are up five to four in the bottom or going into the bottom of the seventh. And you're like, this is crazy. I think what today on the broadcast, they said almost 50% of the runs for the Cardinals during this win streak have been seventh inning or later. And that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And, and at that moment, I'm like, this is, this is crazy. And I, I know I said it last time, the similarities between 2011 and this year are just very, very, very glaring. But, um, I, I can't help but think like, yeah, this is this is a very special moment when you get production late in the game from seven in the seventh inning or later. You tend to win those ball games. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, of course, you know we get an opportunity to score uh, some more runs in the ninth, and we end up winning eight to five, another uh, close game. But that's that was the moment that they uh, broke the record: fifteen straight wins. Um, I got to say, I want to, I want your opinion on this, Emily, what, what was going through your mind when they had that, they reached that plateau of 15 games. 
So I was getting ready to go. Um, I was getting ready to go meet my family for dinner. <laughs> I, I told my husband, we were literally about to walk out the door and I go, no, we're, we're staying. I got to watch this. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it was, it, it felt like we were in the postseason or something. I mean, mm-hmm. my heart was racing when that called third strike happened and it was not, I mean, it's insane. This is, this team's insane. I'm, I'm going to say this 800 times during this podcast. So I apologize. That's this a, team's insane. This is run insane. is insane. This is nuts. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, this is wild. Yeah. I, and, and here's the thing. Um, I think what's striking to me is just the sheer history that is the St. Louis Cardinals, what they've been in the, in the league for what, a hundred and, 40 years or so. I yeah, think I think I Dan said 129 years in the National League. They This is the first time that they've done this. Right. And that is, I mean, think about that. That's almost a century and a half of, base, of baseball. Right. And for no other team, no other team to get to this point. Um, and as I said earlier, winning three games is hard enough, but 15 in a row is equally, uh, if not way more harder. <laughs> um, but then, then you go look at the record books, and I totally forgot about this, but do you remember in 2017 that the Indians won 22 in a row? Honestly, no. I, I <laughs> Not off the top of my head. Yeah. But no. Twenty for them. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Right. You'll now you'll remember that because I remember when it was happening that I just I couldn't believe what I was watching for one. Yeah. Um, but 22 in a row. Then I come to learn that the all time record is what, 26 by the 26. New York Giants. And I'm right. thinking, how the heck were they supposed to do that? Like that is yeah. just, that's a crazy thing. And you know what? I'm not going to get ahead of myself. That's 10 games away. And that would carry us well into October which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, t- you know, 15 games in itself was just, uh, was awesome. And then obviously seeing John Lester pitch against the Cubs in a St. Louis Cardinals uniform was probably um, the biggest confusion for me. I'm just like, I'm still not used to John Lester being on the team. I know he's pitched right. very well, but it's still a it's still like an optical illusion when I'm looking at it happening, especially when it happens against the Cubs. Yep. Yeah. Haven't seen him in a Red Sox and a Cubs uniform. It's it's yeah. still pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. So let's talk about uh today's game. Um because there's a lot to talk about in today's game. Right. Uh, um especially um the umpiring. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yes. There were a couple of moments in, in this game where I, I really thought to myself, um, this is how it's going to end because of uh, umpiring and the inability to call a correct game on the field in two very obvious situations where they messed up and they didn't mm-hmm. do what they needed to do. So how did we get there? Um, you know, Goldschmidt, Homer's 460 foot blast to center field. Um, and I, I guess I got to ask you, Emily, it, it, when you're the Cubs and you see him Homer again, um, not only do you probably get deja vu of Albert Pujols, but you've got to be saying they've got to be thinking, oh, boy, here we go again. I don't know why they don't just pitch around him. Yeah, at this I, I point. I mean, I said the same thing about Yadier Molina in Milwaukee. It's like they came, continuously pitched him 
and yet, and time and time again, he would get a hit. He'd be clutch. He'd get the RBIs. It's the same thing with Goldschmidt right now. It's like, what do you, what are you supposed to do? I mean, I think 80% of the pitches that he saw were uh, off-speed pitches, but then that one fastball that they have to throw for a strike, he hits it out. Well, yeah, and the same thing when you said that with Molina in uh, Milwaukee. Same thing with Goldie in Milwaukee. He right. just mashes there. Why, yeah. why are you pitching him there? Yeah, I think Especially his, in close games. Yeah, his OPS, like Goldie's OPS in Milwaukee is like 1.2 or 1. <laughs> something ridiculous. And it's just like, in these situations, right? I mean, yes, it's still early in the game. It's and it's only a solo home run, but momentum is so critical, so mm-hmm. critical sometimes in baseball. And I and I want to talk about that later today or later tonight. Um, but momentum in baseball is very, very uh, influential on how a game happens, right? Goldie gets that home run, and and you think that the Cardinals are gonna ride this out and say, okay, we've got a start, we've got our base, now we're gonna keep going. But then the Cubs come back in the fourth inning, they score two runs, and at that point you're midway through the game and you're thinking, okay, something's got to happen, but nothing does. And then three more innings go by, and the Cardinals haven't scored a run, they're still down two to one, and in comes the eighth inning, and you're like, okay, it's do or die moments right now. Um, and then Mr. Mr. Bader comes in and absolutely launches one out to left field, which I don't know. It looked like it went just as far as Tyler O'Neill's the other day, uh, by the way it left the bat. But, you know, he had a heck of a series. And I know Dan said something about it on um, on the broadcast today that he was, you know, w- w- hitting well over 300 um, uh, in that series. But, uh, Emily, what you saw out of Bader this weekend, are you ready to say he's back? Oh yeah. I've, I've felt like he's back. He's been, he's been fantastic lately. I, yeah, I, I think Bader's back. You think so? Yeah. I mean, I think, I, and I think I'm going to agree with you. I think uh, they noted it today, Rick and, and Dan on, on the call, they noted that he had a, a certain type of swagger out there in center field. And you can see it when guys are, when guys have the flow, uh, they can see, when a player is when a player is having a, a good time out there, and Bader right now, I think he, he's having a really good time uh, playing center field right now. Yeah, just the way he's carrying himself and the way you can see he's gelling with the guys. I mean, the the thing he and, and Newt have going, they're just vibing right now. Yeah, and they're both mashing and the the play in the outfield. I mean, they're just they're both playing very well, very yeah. good baseball. And it's a and it's a you know what. And we've, we've, you know, we've noted it in the past, and I know that the Cardinal teams of the past have, have had this good problem, right? We call it a good problem when you have uh, a, the ability to call on pretty much anybody from your bench and then come in and have a, a, a killer series or a killer at bat and absolutely turn some, some negativity into positivity. I feel like Nar- Lars Newtbar is that guy that guy you can go to at any point right now and say, Hey, I need you to come up with an at bat. And he does it for you. I mean, look at today, you know, once he gets into the ninth inning, you get, you get an opportunity and you put a bunt down. I mean, it was a hell of a bunt Mm -hmm. and he gets on first base. Like if he doesn't execute that bunt, who knows if the Cardinals uh, take the lead there, who knows? So, so then, um, so let's talk about one umpire play that happened in, in between uh, the first and eighth inning. And, and that is 
Um, Tyler O'Neill getting caught up, and I'm going to say that very loosely, getting caught up uh, and tangled up with David Bodie at second base. Um, when you see the replay, I think it's pretty clear that David Bodie impeded um, Tyler's ability to get to third base. Why do you think the umpire didn't let him go to third base on that play? So I will be honest with you. I was out at lunch okay. when that happened. I've only seen the replays of that one. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the ball, get, he's, st- he's stealing second base. The ball gets thrown into center field, right? Um, yeah. And obviously, the he, that's a very easy opportunity for somebody like Tyler, uh, especially with his speed, to get to third base and, you know, potentially um, put himself in a better scoring position. I think there was only one out at the time as well. Um, so – you know, when he goes in, when he, when he gets to second base and the ball gets into the outfield, uh, it's very clear that they're both falling, but mm-hmm. that was at virtue of David Bodie almost pulling Tyler O'Neill down. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, how, how is it possible that the second base umpire literally in position to see whether or not he's going to be safe at second on a steal cannot make the determination that, oh, that player is impeding because he literally pulled him down to the ground. Otherwise, he would have been at third. It's no different than Alan Craig rounding third base in the World Series and him getting impeded. Did David Bodie mean to pull him down? Maybe, maybe not. But the fact of the matter is, is that the law in baseball or the rule in baseball is the rule. So why didn't they follow it is what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, I don't know on that one. I like I said, I've only seen the the gif of that one um, yeah. where he's kind of pulling him down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't really offer much insight on that one, man. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I, and I'd be curious tomorrow when I listen to the show um, to see if, if uh, Danny Mac has more thoughts on that, or if Randy or Michelle have more thoughts on it. Because I I think it's it's interesting in context of what happens later in the game in terms of okay, what's going on in this game that is making it kind of starting to lose its grip on the reality or or the the magnitude of what this game meant for the Cardinals? Because we get into the ninth inning, um, the Cardinals take the lead lead early on and and get a a score on a wild pitch by the Mm -hmm. Cubs, and it's uh, all of a sudden you're kind of sitting there laughing. There's no way that this is happening again. Um, right. Late inning lead change for the Cardinals. Then O'Neill gets a ground ball out. Um, pitcher makes an error on his play. Um, but then we have the debacle that was the infield fly. I did see that one. <laughs> and so you know where I'm going with this then. Um, sure do. In your best explanation possible, how did the umpires screw this up? royally (laughs) um royally yeah yeah um yeah i don't know um i I really don't know he the second base umpire wasn't paying attention (laughs) that's i don't know i don't know how else to describe that yeah it's weird because i think you know for for people that that you know obviously know the infield fly rule and, and for those that don't you advance at your own risk um for the umpire to call time on a live play makes absolutely no sense. And the reason I say that is because the only person or the only umpire that usually calls time in a live play 
or at all would be the home plate umpire. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense. This is not a dead ball situation. The runners know that they can advance at their own risk. It just was such a debacle. And, and you know what? I think the only thing I will say about it, because I'm still jazzed up about it, but there's one thing that, that came to mind, and, and that was Mike Schilt and the fire that was lit under Mike Schilt when that call happened and him getting thrown out, obvious, I honestly think was peak Mike Schilt. And I want that manager in my dugout managing my team 10 out of 10 times. Oh, I love that. I was awesome. I love that. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, and obviously him cussing out the umpire was pretty funny too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just an absolute classic moment of, of the manager just pretty much telling the umpires, you guys stink and you, you messed this up. And they did because that gets you out. That ends the inning. That's game over. And could you imagine, Emily, could you imagine a scenario where the Cubs either tie that game in the ninth because of this call or win that game? Could you imagine? Well, that would have been on par with the hand pass game. I think so. Blues. I think I mean, so. that was – yeah, that uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine what. Um, I think what, I think yeah. there would have been some. I think Mike Schilt probably would have went out there and and really given it to the umpire. I mean, I think he gave it to him today, but he really would have given it to the umpire and just came out there and said that is it's. I would have protested that game easily. Um, oh, for sure. And I love the fire from Ali Marmol and oh, yeah. uh, Mike Maddox, too, coming yeah, out there I mean, after. Of course, because, look, they know what this means. They know that if they don't, you know, if they win this game, they're one step closer to the postseason. Um, you want to fend off everybody that you can. You don't want to give teams behind you any, um, any uh, sense of hope. You want to put your foot down and you want to crush them. But mm-hmm. I, I just think to myself, like, could you imagine the, the scenario, the moment that they lose this game because of a, a botched call from the umpires? Um, it would just it would just I would be irate. Um, and then not only that, for them not to answer questions about it after the game, when the media asked for it, that's Bush League to me. They know they messed up. That's why. Yeah. They know I mean, they messed up. yeah, I mean, it's it's. It's just crazy. It's like, look, and I know Mike Schilt, you know, was a lot kinder during his post-game conference. My dad said something about it. And I just look, I said, look, dad, he's probably trying not to get fined, to be honest. Right. <laughs> it's a good call need... by him. It's a yeah. good call. Yeah. You don't want to be fine. You don't want to be suspended for something that you truly feel. Um, you don't want that negativity while the team's playing very well right now. So look, you know what? They won the game, and and yes, that that brought it to 16 straight wins, and you swept the Cubs. Um, but I but I just got to say it again. I loved the fire under Mike. It was awesome to see him go out there and stand up for his guys, um, and it was awesome to let them know that they messed up. Absolutely, completely agree with you. Yeah. Okay, so one one other thing I want to note from this game, Jake Woodford goes 5.1 innings, another solid outing for him. I would have loved to have seen him, uh, you know, complete six innings because I talked about it last time is that I want him deep, going deeper in game so that we can bridge the, the bullpen a little bit. But 
it's serviceable. Two runs on five, you know, in five, almost six innings of, of work. Uh, you'll take that every day. And I think he just continues to, to be, um, a, a, you know, a, a, almost like a renaissance project for the Cardinals yet again. Yeah, I think I think what we're seeing out of him is, you know, completely what what we're expecting, if not better. Right. I um. Yeah, I, I'll take it, and I like what I'm seeing. Absolutely. Okay. So we've completed the four game recap. We sweep. We got 16 wins, and now it's time to return home. The magic number sits at one. Um, and I want to, I'm going to ask you this question that we got from Ryan fish, our fish 36 on Twitter. Um, and he was on the uh, podcast of us last week. Um, he wants to know in our opinion, if the Cardinals go undefeated the rest of September, they've got three with Milwaukee and three with the Cubs to finish out the rest of the year. So I'll start with you, Emily. Do they get it done? Six for six in the final homestand and push it to 22 games. Why not? <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Why not? I, to be completely honest with you, going into this Cubs series, I think I was the most nervous because, really? yeah, and that I know that sounds absolutely insane, but watching the Reds series against the Pirates, they, like, fell apart. And <laughs> a lot I of was – yeah, I was going to say ahead. a lot of teams have noted this a lot, or I know that they've noted on the broadcast and even on the radio uh, when I listen to KMOX, right, that they're noting that these young guys, they don't have any, they don't have anything else to play for but themselves at this point. They're trying right. to make a good impression for next year, and they're going to play their, their hearts out. So right. I can completely understand how somebody like someone on the Pirates uh, would want to uh, do extremely well. So I, I, I guess I do find it interesting that you thought you think that the Cubs series was going to be harder than Milwaukee, even though it was four games and four games apiece. Well, and the the pitchers that we seem to kind of struggle against are these guys that you've never heard of. Right. Yeah. The Keegan Thompson's the. Never heard of kid's him. Name yesterday. Samson. I can't even remember the kid's first name. Exactly. Never heard of him. <laughs> exactly. These kids that come up from triple A ball and make their third start, first start against us, whatever. We seem to, you know, not usually perform super well against them okay, because we so don't have the scouting report. So that was when I was the most nervous. And we also didn't see in the um, Brewer series, we didn't see the big three. So I wasn't as nervous. Um, sure. So, so let me. I am a little did. nervous going into this Brewer series, but I was mostly nervous going into this Cub series, to be completely yeah. honest with you. Okay, so then let me ask you this: If that's the case, if you, yeah, if you were the the most nervous for this last weekend, um, if Kyle Hendricks would have pitched, would we have lost one of those games? He he. <laughs> He's the answer to the devil magic. So I would have been, <laughs> so? been more, I would have been more nervous. Somebody had texted into our text line asking, and I was like, he, they asked uh, which game Kyle Hendricks pitched. And I said, don't worry, he's not pitching. So <laughs> yeah, it I was mean, all guys we'd never heard of. Yeah. Uh, and, and to your point, the Cardinals do struggle when it comes to rookie pitchers uh, they've never seen before. There's not a lot of video. There's not a lot of data that, that, that we have on them. So it's not like we can go out and see a film of him pitch billions of times again um, and just 
sit there and watch, okay, these are his tendencies on one, one counts, two, one counts, yada, 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 right? It's not right. there. So in, in some strange way, and probably the most, you know, possible, easiest way to, to explain it is devil magic, right? Devil magic mm-hmm. saved the Cardinals from uh, suffering that. But there were times, even today, where I thought to myself, boy, this rookie pitcher's really thrown it to us and we can't hit. Um, mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, um, we would find that spark, whether it was Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill, or, or even Paul Goldschmidt, um, we would find that spark and, and, and somehow wriggle or wiggle our way out of, uh, out of danger, right? Um, so that's very interesting. So, so but you're going to say, why not? So you're going to go six for six, we make it to the end without another blemish. Hey, if we've, if we've gotten this far, why not? I, yeah. I, this team, they can, they've done it so far. They've, they seemingly can do anything. Why not? Yeah. And I'm the ultimate realist with the Cardinals. So I'm going to say the no, <laughs> uh, I don't think we'll go undefeated the rest of the way. Do I hope so? Sure. Why not? Why not continue? Like you say, why not continue playing a uh, great baseball um, to the point where you just don't lose. But here's the thing. Uh, there's only two caveats I'm going to throw out here, right? Um, one, what happens when, now that the Brewers, and this is our spark notes, uh, uh, footnotes for everybody that that's a Brewers fan that might listen. Yes, we know the Brewers won the National League Central Division. We don't care. We're moving on. Okay. Now that they've won the Central Division, do they rest their starters? Do they give their starters an opportunity uh, to to heal the wounds of a grinding 162 game schedule. So that's caveat number one. Now let's say they win. To, let's say the Cardinals go out and win on Tuesday and clinch the final playoff spot in the National League. What happens from there for their starters? Do they continue to play or do they get some rest? Like Yadier Molina, what happens with him? Um, is he only going to catch whenever it's Wayno? Because that's seemingly what has happened at this point. Um, so there are a lot of different things that come into play here, whether they finish undefeated or not. But I think those are the two biggest things to watch for um, as September pushes through uh, this final week. Um, let's see here. Um, another question that we got. Um, let's see. I got to dig through them here. Um, who do you want to face in the wild card is what I, and by you, I mean, you, Emily, um, who would you like to face in the wild card game? Oh man, this is one I go back and forth on. I feel like every day more multiple times a day. Um, it's like a loaded question because with Mm -hmm. the Dodgers, you're going to get Scherzer and he is playing out of his mind right now i guess it's if you can we are too <laughs> yeah that's true but if you get the giants then you get the dodgers in the nlds and you gotta play against their four big starters if if you hopefully get that far right so i really don't know um are you punting <laughs> I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I guess yeah. I would say I would hope that we would get the Dodgers and hopefully beat them so that we don't have to play them in the NLDS. But I, yeah, I, 
I don't know. I mean, they're both teams are playing really, really well this year. So yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think there's a right answer and I don't think there is an easy answer either. Um, Like you said, if you, if you play the Dodgers, you know, you are inevitably facing the best pitcher in the national league this year in Max Scherzer. Um, If you take on the giants, you're taking on um, the most, probably the most unpredictable team um, this year in, in, you know, in terms of how they've put their season together and just the run of, of winning that they're on. Um, so who would you rather face is a, is a, it's not an easy question to answer. Um, I personally think, you know, I think I'd rather face the Dodgers, um, much for the same reason that I don't want to face their pitching in the DS. Um, do I think we could still hold our own weight? Yes. But we know, we know the answer that pitcher pitching, uh, helps you win in the postseason, And if you have it, you've got it. Um, so the, the Dodgers with their rotation is very formidable versus a, a giants rotation that while they have been good, um, is probably slightly more beatable, uh, than the Dodgers rotation. Uh, but I, I want the Dodgers. I'm, I'm all in on X, you know, I'm all in on wanting to, to face the best, um, and just carry on the momentum. Um, and then I'm just hoping that we can exercise some playoff demons against the Giants. I, I really do. Um, I'm still scarred, and I, and I just want to move beyond that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, need, I need some healing. <laughs> yeah. After that, I, I think I'd have to agree with you on that one after you, said, after you say that. I, uh, man, that's tough. It's a tough question. I it's know. It's tough because Scherzer is scary. Yeah, it is. And look, here's the thing. I, I've said it before, and, and we've seen it happen before. The Cardinals have beat Max Scherzer. The problem was is that it was like a 1-0 game where he went almost nine innings, yeah. um, and we barely beat him. I think we beat him 2-1, to one, and it was Carlos Martinez on the mound. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that that's the kind of stuff that probably is, is going to happen if the Cardinals are going to win that game is that you have to figure out a way – to score and manufacture runs. It's no different than the game that they had against Brandon Woodruff um, uh, this last week, right? Mm-hmm. They only scored a couple runs on him, but he still struck out 10 guys, but they still won. Right. Um, and, and they found a way to win. So I, I feel like that's the, the crash course that we're headed for. Um, obviously the Giants and Dodgers still have to, to figure out who's going to reign supreme in, in uh, the West, but um I, I still go back to, to the one thing that is uh, I, I remember it from the 2006 world series film and Bob Gibson is talking and he says, you know, I think they said something along the lines of the New York Mets were the best team. And then all of a sudden, but then Bob goes, but then, then again, it's not always the best team that ends up winning at all. And, right. and that's what this team is starting to remind me of is that, you know, sure, they weren't they didn't have the greatest year. But right now they're clicking on all these cylinders that whether or not they were the best team isn't in my mind. It's they're playing so well right now that I believe with everything in my fiber that they can get past that wild card game. Yeah, no, that's you're making excellent points and you're kind of making me believe that I think I'd. I'm a motivator. I'm a motivator. 
Yeah, I'll have I'll have you believe in that the Cardinals can win the World Series if you give me enough time. <laughs> okay, so one other one last question before we we go ahead and, and wrap up for for tonight. Um, the the one question I got, and this is from the podcast partners, uh, Dylan Dinger. Um, do you pop champagne for getting in on Tuesday if you win, or do you wait until? the wild card team and you beat that wild card team or the wild card game, excuse me. Hmm, that's a good one. I know, I know my answer 1000% and I, based on, I'm sure based on what you saw over the weekend, you know what my answer is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you're going to say you, you do it. Oh, I'm popping champagne 100%. Yeah. I... Um, how can you not? You, you've worked so hard right? For so long. And yes, the ultimate goal, well, I shouldn't say the ultimate goal. One of the goals is to win the division. You didn't get it done, right? There were plenty of times where the Cardinals uh, could have played better in the year. You didn't do it. Oh, well, move on. But here you are in a playoff position. Why not pop it? Why not pop some champagne, celebrate a little bit? I agree, but I'm okay. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Oh, I love and it. I don't love the reference. I, <laughs> I just don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Okay, so you mean you don't thing. want to see Mike Schilt being caught on video? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Throwing the playoff playoff hopes down the drain. Yeah, um, that's tough. Cause yeah, I mean, nobody thought we were gonna be here. No. Nobody uh, did. Champagne was the last uh, bit well, on my mind. That's for sure. Nolan Arnado thought we were going to be here. Hey, give him credit though, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Wild card game. You know what? I bet Nolan at that point had a conversation with the rest of the guys and said, "You know what? We're going to wait till the last two weeks of the season to really get going, and we're just going to take those take the league by storm, win fifteen in a row, sixteen in a row, and say how you like me now." And you know what? Having heard that cut from Greg Amsinger uh-huh. and then watch him during this run, see his reactions. It's been so much fun. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. He's not leaving St. Louis. How can no. you? How can no. you? No. You, you can't. You can't. Nobody could ever convince me that Nolan Arenado is going to say, you know what? I don't like winning. <laughs> I don't like being in a town that loves me. I don't like playing winning baseball. I don't like playing meaningful baseball. There's no way you could possibly convince me that he is going to opt out after this season, after next season, or out of any contract that St. Louis Cardinals give him. It's not happening. I'm in complete agreement with you. I think he's having the time of his life right now, no well, matter no matter if we win the wild card game or not, I think yeah. he's having the time of his life. And I said it, and I went back and I dug up my one of my old tweets, and it was from June. Um, and even then, I said, you know what? I, I was so close. I mean, inches away from pushing the panic button and saying this season is over. Um, and this was in the month of June, where the Cardinals went ten and seventeen, because <laughs> it was that bad. Um, I was so close to pushing the panic button. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I still have faith that this team can turn it around. Um, and, and I just, for, I, I don't know why I thought they could turn around. Maybe it's because that I knew in my, in the bottom of my heart, I knew, or in the back of my head, I knew um, that this team was way better than what they were performing at. And that it was just 
pitching was injured. They didn't, they weren't getting consistent starters. Um, and just in the back of my head, I just thought that this was where, where it was going to go. Um, so to see, you know, to, to have that validated uh, by the team is, is actually really nice in my opinion. Well, hey, props to you because I was keys in the ignition. We were on the road, yeah. panic bus. Yeah. We were we were rolling. What are the pillars in uh, character and smallman? Uh, 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 keep the keys for yeah. the panic bus. Yeah. All roads lead to hardware. That's right. Um, what's the other one? I should know this. My favorite one is the all 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 roads lead to hardware. No matter what you think or what you say, you can always believe that your team's going to win the World Series or win a championship just because that's who you are. That's in your nature. Um, it, it it that's how I felt, and I still feel that way. Um, but it, it's just it's crazy to see this. Uh, so one last question, and this was a follow up from Fish. Um, <laughs> And I know you saw it. <laughs> um, what I found very interesting from Saturday was the ability to uh, magically make alcohol a motivator for the Cardinals um, to uh, do well. Um, and it worked. So I'm not really going to say too much about it. But his his uh, follow up question was very simple. Um, do, should we sustain shotgunning beers? uh just so we can continue to win oh yeah if that's working yeah, yeah right absolutely if sorry devil, tito's if, wife i know yeah. that that's not something that you enjoy but it's working for this team right i mean if it if it, if it gets the job done right uh yes i'll just tell myself it's water every single time well, there's I, water in it that's right that's right there is some bit of water in it um <laughs> it's foolproof at this point too they it, ever since i did it they hadn't lost so i mean what am i supposed to say no you must continue i must continue okay um so uh that's going to bring us to the end uh, of tonight's episode um emily it was such a pleasure to chat with you and thank you so much for joining us um please if you can go and uh follow emily on twitter uh her twitter handle is e roth sports um, again, she's uh, a producer for the Character and Smallman on one uh, show on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Uh, she does great work. Um, it's really fun to actually get to talk to you and kind of know you through conversation because uh, I've tweeted at you a couple of times during the show, and especially on Star Wars Day when you fulfilled my request for uh, whether or not uh, Star Wars was the greatest movie franchise of all time. And then have Randy Carricker absolutely butcher his response and telling me Austin Powers was better. I can't believe that. <laughs> Tito, I'm going to tell you something, and you're you're going to be really upset. I I'm not a Star Wars fan. That's okay. You don't have to be to recognize that it's the goat. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of Yadier Molina fans feel the same way. They don't really but, like him, but they know he's the best there is. <laughs> but I know that we do share a love of soccer, so yes, we can have that. Course. Yes, I know. Yes, you're a Liverpool fan, which yes. is awesome for me because yes. I have Mo, Mo Salah on, uh, on my fantasy team, so I'm All very right. tuned. Yeah, I, I spend my Saturday mornings watching EPL um, and then As obviously La Liga, so I, I'm a huge fan, and so that's uh, that's really nice. But again, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. 
Absolutely. Um, Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you. And if you uh, want to listen to our episodes, you can listen on Apple iTunes or Spotify. Um, Until next time, how about them Cardinals?